The moon hovers over the ocean, shining down to illuminate a group of women seated in a circle. There are twelve of them in number, and each bears a crown. Some younger maidens lean their heads together giggling, while others stare off silently at the ocean. An elder woman uses her staff to rise up and stands before the women. I have invited you all here so that your voices and your wisdom will not be forgotten. Each one of you has something to share, whether it is a lesson learned that resulted in joy or a lesson that ended with sorrow. The trials of your life need to be heard. Come, my sisters, let the night be filled with our voices. Virgin, I call out to you. Would you open our circle with your truth? Let your light guide the way. What lessons has life taught you so far? I am called the Virgin. I am bound by a promise, by the unproven potential that lies dormant within me, that wonderful creativity which longs to come to life, but is kept confined. Whether it is my sexuality, spirituality, or creativity, my true nature is chained and my value determined by others. This can allow my shadow side to rule, causing me to become a victim, or worse, a whore. If I am to reclaim my purpose and value, I must learn to stand as an individual, independent of the community that defines me. Self-knowledge is my foundation, and I have learned I must follow my passions to fully awaken to love and joy. I am still young in the ways of the world, but I would like to gift my sisters the tale of red feet. In the land across the warm water, where boats filled the warm seas and a crescent of land rimmed the ocean, a tall temple reached up toward the heavens. Here were housed the ten thousand virgins and the holy priestess who could part the mists of time. These holy deities were kept away from the public eye, a golden palace where kings could visit and offer tribute in exchange for a vision. But it was not an easy task, seeking the help of the virgin maidens. And the price was not cheap for king nor for maiden. Prestige came from being selected for the truth temple, but one must carry the heavy burden of purity for as long as she wished to remain alive. For some, the sisterhood was a calling. For others, they were sent as tribute from their families so they could request an audience one day. Whether it was greed or piety that brought them, the maidens had one law, be not touched. For the high priestess, she could not be a commoner. She had to be born of the temple line, holy and pure, above all others. When a great king came and bowed low before the pedestal and made his request, the call went out from a great golden horn. It sounded through the temple, echoing off walls and ceilings, calling out for the maidens to assemble. They gathered round the tall pyramid built in the center of the temple with hundreds of steps. They began their climb, one by one, up the narrow stone way, single file. Clad in red velvet for the ritual, they slowly shed their clothes as they made their way up to the golden altar at the top. When a maiden reached the top, wearing naught but her skin, she stood alone before the golden sunlight that highlighted the white marble table. Two things rested there, a glass bowl and a golden needle. Leaning over the bowl, the virgin maiden pricked her forehead and when tears were brought forth, allowed them to fall straight into the bowl. This way the tears of the ten thousand virgins were gathered. The tears were then heated to boiling, and the priestess was led into the sacred rooms lofted into the high ceiling of the temple. Here one could look down on all the activity, watching the maidens as they made their way back down the other side of the pyramid. But the priestess was not allowed to watch. 
for she was being led by the hands to her sitting stool. The room was a linen tent within gold walls. The priestess was seated as the boiling bowl of tears was brought in. It was placed before her in a white linen cloth draped over her head. Then she was gently but forcefully held over the steaming water. Her eyes clenched shut as the steam washed over her face. She coughed as her lungs tried to inhale boiling steam and were seared. She tried to pull away, but strong hands held her. She resorted to the smallest of breaths, inhaling as little as possible. She struggled to ignore the heat on her face as she was slowly deprived of oxygen. No matter how she struggled, she was not allowed to escape the water and linen. Slowly, her lungs became used to the heat, and as the water cooled a little, she took deeper and longer breaths. The prophecy contained in the tears of the ten thousand maidens began to seep into the priestess. It touched her skin softly, caressing her face, sinking into her pores. She could feel the prophecy hovering on her tongue with every breath she took. She inhaled the transformed water deep into her lungs, bringing the vision inside herself into her core. She could feel the prophecy reach out and caress her. It skimmed over her cheeks and forehead, leaving tiny pieces interwoven lines that played across her skin. These white whispers, lace and swirls, beaded up on her skin, and the future began to seep within, into her blood and her bones. But it was only feelings and hints. She would see nothing of the future until the steam began to bead on her face. Drip by drip built up, some running down her cheeks and nose until they collected in one heavy drop at the tip of her chin. When this droplet finally fell and broke the surface of the tears below, ripples spilled forth revealing an image of the future. The priestess opened her eyes and stared until her eyes were filled with the sights of things to come. Only when the linen had become transparent from the steam did the hands relax and allow the priestess to remove her head from the tent. Her face was wiped with clean linens, but the white whispers of lines remained on her face. A temple servant was there to record the prophecy, and the voice of the priestess was strong as she spoke out. The king or inquirer was informed and then left ample tribute. The priestess was fed and bathed. The remaining water was too sacred to be thrown away. It was allowed to cool, flavored with honey and fruit, and made into a fermented beverage for the virgin maidens to sip. They hoped it would increase their sight and clarity of vision. One day, a king from the far east came to seek an audience. The golden horn was sounded and the 10,000 virgins gathered to walk the 10,000 stairs. But when the first maiden reached the top and pricked her forehead, no tears came forth. And no matter how many virgins approached, no matter how many needles were tried, not a single tear could be brought to the eye of the 10,000 virgins. The priestess watched from on high for she knew what was to come. The balance had been broken. They were no longer a united force acting as one. One of the virgins had broken her vows. A search would be made, each maiden tested one by one. The testing was conducted in the lower banquet hall. The tables were pushed to the sides and two long white linens stretched out from end to end on the floor. A bowl of red powder was placed at the beginning of the first sheet and another bowl of clean water at the end. Each virgin dipped her feet in the bowl, coating them red, and began to walk down the first white linen. Her feet stained the sheet, leaving red prints as she walked up the first path. At the end, she dipped her feet in the clear water and stepped onto the second linen to walk back. If she was pure and a true virgin, her feet would be cleaned by the water and there would be no red marks in the second sheet. But a virgin who had broken her promise could not so easily wash the red powder from her feet. Her guilt would adhere the red powder to her soles and stain her skin. The ten thousand virgins began to walk. Each maiden held her breath, afraid the red would stick to her soles even if she was pure. 
but one by one each maiden was cleared, and all stood with unsullied skin. No one understood. But then all eyes turned to look up at the priestess's abode. She was brought forth, and her feet dipped in the red powder. All watched as she walked across the now red-stained linen, marked from the ten thousand virgins before her. She stepped into the clear water, and then turned to place one foot on the clean white linen sheet. Eyes grew wide as she moved down the path, red footprints left in her wake. She carried herself proudly as she reached the end of the stained linen. There was no fear in her eyes, though her feet stayed red, the stain a bold statement of her deeds. She had escaped from her prison. She was held at the wrist by the guards as the executioner stepped forward. He wielded a gold scimitar and the priestess was made to kneel before him. Her blood must be spilled into the ewer to cleanse it and allow a new priestess to rise. Though it was a grave misdeed, there was no anger in the temple. This was the way. The priestess had finally chosen her own path. Tired of her role, she altered it. She made way for the new and took what had been withheld from her, with her own open hands. She knew the price to be paid, and she was ready. <laughs>